Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good points. The question, the operative word is opportunity. How many more opportunities will any of these teams have to prove what they can do and how much of it is literally out of their control? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, the best example of that with Bart Scott in for Key this morning, Jay, is that you just heard Paul Feinbaum say Ohio State has been roped into this, not because of anything negligent in their program, but because their opponent has had eight positive cases in the last seven days, the Maryland Terrapin. So Ohio State and Maryland is officially off the books, canceled Saturday in College Park. And it's about the last thing, the Big Ten, with one true championship contender you would think left Ohio State now bearing the brunt of this, and it's no fault of their own. Now, think about this. Divisions should be erased from college football. They should be erased. And the pandemic gave an opportune time for that conference to do that. They dropped the ball. And here's why. And with all due respect to Indiana, because I think Indiana's having one hell of a season, and this game actually goes next weekend, we'll actually get a chance. Indiana will have their shot to prove that they will belong. But say hypothetically, Something happens where the game can't be played next week. Indiana's already going to be up one game on Ohio State because Ohio State misses their game this week against Maryland. So then if they move forward, even if both teams win out, if they do not play next weekend, Indiana will be the team representing that division in the Big Ten Conference Championship. Now, if you think about this, Zubin, Wisconsin's only played one game. (laughs) One game. They're undefeated. (laughs) <laughs> and they were having a hell of a season. One game, like people were talking about them, that they belong. Now you have Northwestern right. winning that division. So your championship game would potentially, both teams won out, would be Northwestern and Indiana. So the reason why the Big Ten came back to play, because they felt crazy amounts of pressure, because Ohio State was supposed to be the team to represent that conference in the college football playoffs. But this is where we are, because we still have divisions. ACC didn't have divisions. Yep. Big Ten now has divisions. They still have divisions, and that's the problem. And then it runs into a bigger problem, right? Because what happens if Indiana is the team that ends up winning the Big Ten tournament or Big Ten tournament or Big Ten championship, and you have a team like Cincinnati or BYU saying, listen, we're better than Indiana, and our brand is right on par from a football standpoint as Indiana, so we should be able to represent, you know, you know in, the, in, the, in, the, in the college playoffs. So those are the things, right? Because now, because we know the brand of Ohio State is always going to push out the brand of Cincinnati, BYU. But Indiana, eh, it could cost you, right? And, and, and that's, the, that's the problem because now you get into all these, you know, you know eye tests, you get into win percentage, you know, and, and how do you say that? Like, how do you say, like, one team is better than the other because they look good one week? You know, you get into who do they beat? And, you know, the problem is you can't, you can't create these matchups. It should be fluid, man. I feel like you should be able to flex, flex, a, flex an opponent because if you, if you, I feel like if you get, you know, Ohio State going against Wisconsin and then going against um, Indiana and going against Maryland, all the ranked teams, and now that can help propel you to the one that's going to represent you the best chance to get you in a tournament, to get you in the top four. And, and the Big Ten didn't give themselves any wiggle room because they didn't have any buy-in weeks. Whereas, that's the biggest point. And, and that's a huge point. I mean, that's what the SEC is going through. I mean, I feel horrible for Florida because Florida's you know, buy-in week, I think that's December 12th. I think they're playing Florida versus LSU. Correct. So now Florida has to play LSU, and then they play Alabama right after that, uh, where Alabama will come off that with a two-week rest period. But that's a, that's a big thing for the Big Ten. Look, I, I'm not going to sit up here on national TV. It's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback and say Kevin Warren – you know, they, they should have just done exactly what the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC did. Right. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, instead of stopping the car, you're going 30 miles an hour. Instead of stopping the car abruptly, if you just you know, dwindle it down to five miles per hour and yeah. just watch the overall landscape, I think the Big Ten would have had a chance because now you have teams like Alabama. They've already played six games. Yeah. They've already played six games. Where now you put the pressure on teams like Ohio right. State because they only play an eight-game season you know, with no built-in wiggle room. This is the situation you're going to find yourself in. Let's mention a couple things here before we hear from Paul Feinbaum. You heard Bart say it might have turned your head. Wisconsin played on October 23rd. They beat Illinois. They have not played a game since. The state is obviously in a bad situation with the coronavirus. That has a ton to do with it. If you're wondering where Cincinnati and BYU are in the rankings, they were talking about those teams possibly ascending. Ohio State sits at three, idle this week. Cincinnati's at seven, BYU is at eight. And we should also mention the Indiana-Ohio State game Jay is referencing next Saturday would be in Columbus at noon Eastern if it indeed goes off. So all of those things are up in the air at the moment. And the one thing I would say about Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, who has been heavily criticized, the only other person I can think of, maybe Jay, you can help me out here, Bart, you can help me out here with your expertise on the sports you guys know so well. It is very, very difficult to walk into a new job, as Kevin Warren did essentially in January, and the very first thing you have to do is probably the most important decision you'll ever make. The only other guy I can think about in some ways is Adam Silver. Obviously, the pandemic was huge. But when Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, came in, he was faced with the Donald Sterling racist exactly. Los Angeles right. Clippers situation. He basically said to Silver, you're banned for life. You're out of the league. But that's your welcome to the job moment. That's very difficult to do. Remember, Kevin Warren replaced a guy in Jim Delaney that had been on the job for decades, one of the most powerful people in sports. He has the experience, the gravitas. He's been through all the meetings. He knows all the people. Kevin Warren's still trying to shake hands and figure out who everybody is. And in that moment, he's asked to make the most important decision probably of his tenure, no matter how long it lasts. So I know there's been a ton of criticism on Kevin Warren. I just wanted to mention people need to take that into account. It's just not Kevin Warren. It was also all the school's individual Presidents. Remember, they voted. It was like 12 to 2. Mm-hmm. It was almost unanimous that they decided they weren't going to play. But we had Justin Fields on our show, one of the first opening days of our show. They won. They, they won. And, yeah. and that's when it started. And you felt the pressure coming his way, not only from players, not only from parents, but it also got politicized. And when things get politicized, then things get weaponized. And that amount of pressure that Kevin Warren had to come to the table with, where eventually he said, all right, if you want to play, here's the parameters in which you can play. But we talked about this during break. I know nobody's passed away within sports from playing sports with COVID, even though we have hundreds of thousands of deaths through COVID 19 in our country, but you don't want that on your conscience if you're a commissioner. Right. Just the chance of you risking that. So I understand where he was coming from. Remember the myocarditis? Myocarditis. Myocarditis, right? You know, they had 10 cases. You know, that's nine more than what the other leagues had. Right, we, we remember the baseball player from Boston, uh, Rodriguez, that had to opt out because the swelling in his heart never went down. And, you know, you talk about him being new to the job, to have that on your resume, to have to live with that, to have that scarlet letter that you made a decision that could potentially have killed a kid, you know, that's something that I wouldn't be willing to risk as, 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 a, as a father myself, somebody else's kids. And you understand that the Big Ten is led by a lot of great doctors who advise him to say, hey, this isn't the way to go. So, I mean, you can't criticize a guy for doing what's best for the kids and not, not what's best for the league, which is about making money. But see, I'm going to take this back to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and the comment he made the other day because I think it really sits well with how we view college and all sports. 
So Aaron Rodgers pretty much came out and said that, hey, look, I, we have all these rules and these stipulations in place. When we're at our locker room, there's plexiglass between me and my teammate, yeah. but yet I'm allowed to pound my teammate's head in, right? Or when I'm on the field after a game is over, yeah. I'm allowed to then go to the middle of the field and shake hands and dab people up. Well, which one is it? Right. Like, are we, are we going to be extreme on one way or are we extreme the other way? It's like there's a lot of murky water involved right. in all it's this. A lot of what scientists are you listening to? Exactly. How come there's not uniformity with what the scientist is and what the information is so everybody can have consistent flow of it? One, that, that's, that's why the, the, the college, college should have one commissioner over the COVID protocol. Should be one protocol for everybody. Right. Obviously, college football doesn't have a czar or anything like that, and that's been part of the problem for years. So Jay asked at the top of the hour, if you were with us about eight or nine minutes ago, that they should just essentially scrap divisions in the Big Ten this year instead of going for East and West, something that the ACC is determined to do and something the Big 12 has done even in normal pre-pandemic years. Paul Feinbaum, ESPN College Football radio host, was on this morning to answer Jay's question about why the Big 10 doesn't do certain things that seem obvious. Why does the Big Ten do anything uh, <laughs> right? I mean, because they don't. The whole reason they came back wasn't to satisfy Maryland or Rutgers or Indiana or Penn State. It was all about Ohio State. Ohio State had a legitimate shot at winning the national championship, so they had to figure out a way to give the Buckeyes that opportunity. So that's where they are. I'm, I, I'm guessing, always difficult to do, but they'll figure out a way to, to, to move the goalposts a little bit to help them out because the Big Ten does not want Indiana representing that side in the Big Ten championship game while Ohio State sitting at home doing nothing. That's, that will not happen. Echoing Jay's points, I want to mention one thing. I agree with Paul Feinbaum about 99.5% of the time, but you have to remember at the time that Kevin Warren and company decided to come back, there was some real research that indicated that the coronavirus, younger people were not as susceptible. But now you are seeing many young people be diagnosed with it and are dying from it. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. You can only make the decision based on the data you have available at that moment. And for the almost entirety of the coronavirus, there had been a notion, not a fact, a notion that it did not affect young people the way that it does elderly people. That statistic does hold up, fellas, but we are seeing more and more younger people being diagnosed. So it's not moving the goalposts, but they made the decision with the information they had at the time, and now the information is a little bit different and, frankly, trending in their direction. 18 to 22-year-olds are getting it, whether you're a football player or just a regular person on campus. Now, I don't know about Jay Will, but I remember being in college and, you know, every once in a while a teammate would get sick and something happens and we, they get diagnosed with something that we knew that, that never knew they had or they have enlarged heart or they got a hole in their heart. And you just never know. You have so many kids and all it takes is one to have an underlying condition that you don't know about. And then the worst case scenario happens. I mean, I, I, you know, I grew up in, you know, you know, I played during like the early 2000s, late 90s. Right. And, you know, it was always, you know, every every year it was guys that were dying from heat stroke and we couldn't understand what made them die from heat stroke. Whether it was the supplements they were taking, if it was underlying conditions or just, you know, the worst case scenario happened because all the all the, all the bad things align. Mm. So it's like when you're doing that and you're, we're talking about a virus that we don't really understand. And the reason why it wasn't a lot of kids walking around and we didn't have the data on it is because kids were really pretty much isolated. It was the parents that were going out and taking the risk to go to grocery stores. All the high school kids were at home doing doing doing, um, you know, they were doing their school over the over the over the computer. 
So those those the type of things and the facts that we didn't know. So he made, like you said, he made the decision based on the information that he had. But the information is steady coming in because now we're getting information from elementary kids. We're mm-hmm. getting ele- you know high school and how it affects them as well. You know, in my neighborhood, kids are quarantined right now because they're having an outbreak. It's all over the place and it's unpredictable. We don't know what happens. You know, just like chickenpox turns to shingles when you get older. We don't know what having this vi- virus turns into later in life. I. <laughs> I, I, I can't agree with you more. And what I will say is, look, football has been treated like it's an essential business. Yeah. It's not an essential business. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. Essential workers are one thing. Football is a luxury that we're lucky to have for the moment. Let's go from A to Z. The Twin Cities, of course, Minneapolis, St. Paul, home of the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have the number one pick in the NBA draft for the moment, unless they decide to deal it. NBA draft next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and on ESPN radio. Of course, you will see Jay front and center breaking it down with the crew in less than one week. LaMelo Ball, the projected number one pick, conducting an individual workout with the Wolves who have the number one pick. Jay, what do you make of this marriage if it happens? Well, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves will go with Anthony Edwards. He's like an Andrew Wiggins type player. I think he fits in better with DeAndre, uh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. But LaMelo Ball, look, he's 6'7". 6'7", can pass the ball like his brother. Shot is a little bit awkward, but can score. And he probably has the highest ceiling out of all players in the draft, him and James Wiseman. And we should mention, Jay also was... Mentioning Aaron Rodgers just a couple of moments ago, essentially pointing out what many people have said privately, that the NFL says one thing, but when they say it and ask us to do another, they're being a little phony about the coronavirus. This is Aaron laying it out on the Pat McAfee show on YouTube. I think there's a lot of uh, questions about are we doing all this based on science and it's all necessary. Mm. I just think there's some double standards you can dap up a guy after the game but you can't eat at the same lunch table as a teammate um yeah, you yeah. can go down to practice and hit each other and be in close contact but you have to have plexiglass between you and the guy next to you in the locker room i, I just think some of those things to me just don't really add up like i understand what we're trying to do we're trying to get every game in and and stay healthy but some of those things to me i think it's you know some of it is definitely for the optics of it some of it is probably based on on science but it's it's definitely changed uh, changed the season for sure. Bart, well, I kind of understand the protocol. Uh, I was privy enough to kind of talk to the COVID um, task force that the NFL had, you know, during during the process. You know, you talk about why you had a plexi guys because now you're in close proximity for more than 15 minutes sitting in the locker room, opposed to dapping somebody out outside. It's a lot harder, they believe, to catch it when you're outdoors. So I understand that protocol. But I understand how it can be confusing to a player as well because you're saying, like, you know, one instance where we're, we're right next to each other, we're laying on top of each other, we're tackling each other, and then now I can't even be around my teammates to eat at a lunch table. But that's because you're indoors, and if you stay in front of somebody for 15 minutes, the, the chance of getting COVID goes up extensively. Fair enough. Did I just make up a word? Existentially. Existentially. Big uh, word. Yeah. Big yeah. word. It, it sounded I'm right. I'm trying. You put the pressure on <laughs> You said on it man. quick, though. I yeah, was yeah, going to yeah. let it go. Yeah, <laughs> Told y'all I got associates, man. ITT Tech, stand up, baby. <laughs> you turned out okay, I would say, for sure. <laughs> Let's take your pick, NFL style. So we begin here with the quarterback matchups. Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson. Essentially what we're going to do here is give you quarterback matchups for this weekend, and then you essentially tell us who will have the better performance. Baker, Deshaun, Jay? 
I'm going to go with Baker. I know Baker came off a, a tough weekend last weekend uh, playing against the Raiders uh, week eight, uh, coming off a bye week. He got off the COVID-19 reserve list, which I think is big for him. The Raiders, that the weather was really bad in that game, 12 to 25. He threw 12 for 25, 125 yards. I think he bounces back in this game. And I'm still not a full believer in the Houston, Texas yet. I'm going to go Deshaun Watson because the comparison is not even close. Deshaun Watson is by far a better player. And I believe that if all things aren't, aren't perfect for Deshaun Watson, he'll find a way, maybe start using his feet more, but he has explosive receivers. They decide to keep Will Fuller to keep him happy. That stretches the football field. This team is always much better when he's in the lineup. So I'm going to go Deshaun Watson. I love this one. The fifth overall pick in this past April's draft to a tongue of Iloa. The sixth overall pick, the guy picked right behind him. Justin Herbert, Herbert and Tua. I'm going Herbert in this one. I feel like Justin Herbert's been playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's been so explosive over his time. Um, Look, 17 TDs, only five interceptions. The way they've lost games have been so painful (laughs) to watch. You want them to win a game. Tua, I know it's his third game, played better in his second game, but I'm still going with the body of work overall with Justin Herbert. I'm going to go with Sunshine. Sunshine, like you said, is secretly having a great season. He's thrown for over 2,100 yards, only five interceptions. You don't really see that from a quarterback. He's more agile and more uh, you know, elusive in the pocket than people give him credit for. He's a big, long strider, and he's been playing great. Like you said, the uh, Chargers are the – the, they're, they're the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC, man. Like mm. they, How many different ways can they find out how to break their, 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 their fan base's heart? I'm going with Herbert. And this has been sunshine. happening for years with the Chargers. All right, so Sunshine. They need some sage over there. From one nickname to another, from Sunshine to Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson against another quarterback in the division, Jared Goff, Rams, and Seahawks. I'm going Mr. Unlimited. When I, when I saw Jared Goff in week eight, I knew he threw for 355 yards. But one TD, two interceptions, and two fumbles. He had a dreadful, dreadful game. Now, I know somebody could say, well, how about Seattle? They have one of the worst defenses in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Their secondary is horrible. I just don't trust in the consistency of Jared Goff. I trust in the fact that Russell Wilson will not lose back-to-back games. Listen, Jared Goff still has the training wheels on, right? Anytime you got to come to the to the line of scrimmage and you got to get there quickly so the coach can tell you where to go with the football, I don't trust you. We know that Russell Wilson is a grown man, and the fact that he's never got an MVP vote is absurd. I think he still can get back into the MVP race. He's a guy that's cooking with grease. Metcalf, Lockett, he extends and makes everybody around him better. And because he has a defense, well, a lack of defense, He's going to have to put up big numbers. He's going to have to air it out. I trust his decision-making. And when Rush is really cooking, he decides to, to, to get those extended plays with his feet and hurt you, in the, you know, to hurt you with his feet. He's unstoppable. He's cooking got ex- expensive rims on that tricycle, though. They paid him big time already. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra's husband. Yes, indeed, Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson. Another nickname, Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow. I don't know how many more times we'll see these guys. One's career is just beginning, the other one closer to the end. Burrow and Big Ben. I'm going to go with Big Ben here. I just think Big Ben is the staple of consistency. Plus, that, that, that defense is scary. I mean, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, the way they come after you, the one thing I've seen with Cincinnati is whenever you start making Joe Burrow move around, make him uncomfortable, make him throw the ball under duress, I think it could be a long day for Joe Burrow. Well, listen, normally I would take Big Ben, a.k.a. Michael Myers, with all the weapons that he has, but this dude has no kneecaps. 
he, you know, he's banged up. And, like, listen, Cincinnati's a divisional game. They know how to get to him. I think that Burrow's going to have to take more risks with the football. I like how this young man is playing. Listen, people talk about him as being a rookie. He's 24 years old. That's why nobody said anything when he was smoking a cigar after a college national championship. So I'm going to go with Burrow because, listen, they've got out on some pretty good teams, some pretty good defenses. Remember, they were up 21 to nothing against the Colts. That is a solid defense that I think is on par with the Steelers, not as good. So I think he's going to come out. They're going to have a plan. And listen, I think that Burrow's going to be a better quarterback. No kneecaps. I'm going with Burrow. Big Ben does need to come off the uh, the COVID reserve list, though, first. Right. That could happen as soon as Saturday, which means he would be eligible to play Sunday without practicing this week. But then again, we've heard he doesn't practice on Wednesday at all during the season, the install day. And of course, he's been in the league 17 years. He could probably miss a few practices and be just fine. Last one. Nickname. Old nickname, maybe? Superman? I'm not sure if he's still Superman. <laughs> and Action Jackson. And Yeah, double nickname. Action Jackson and Cam Newton, Ravens, Pats on Sunday Night Football. When I saw Cam Newton and company celebrate after they beat the Jets, <laughs> talk about sigh of relief. I'm like, wow, it's the Jets. That's how you feel? It's the Jets. Now, Cam Newton doesn't fumble the ball against the Bills. They potentially win that game as well. I think they're yeah. playing better football. But at the end of the day, I, I I think that the Ravens figure out internally what's going on between, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson throwing outside the numbers. I think Lamar Jackson figures it out. Plus, that defense is too good. I think they beat the Patriots. I mean, it's listen, tough one, though. Tough I, just, one, though. I just talked about how much equity that the Ravens put into their defense. I don't see who Cam Newton throws the football to. I mean, who's going to get open against this defense? I know Calais Campbell may be out of this game. I think Action Jackson is going to, going to run rapid. It's, going to be, it's a lot of controversy with some of his comments. That's usually what teammates either say, let's rally behind our guy. Let's get him an opportunity to open this thing up. The Patriots have no pass rush. They have no pass rush. They couldn't get to Joe Flacco. You think they're going to get to Action Jackson? That means off-schedule plays and buying time, getting outside the pocket. I think he really shows that he can throw the ball and stretch the field because Gilmore, I don't even know if Gilmore is going to be back. I'm going to Action Jackson for 300, Alex. There you go. Shout out to Alex Trebek. Shout out to Alex. Daily Double and the yeah, Daily yeah. Double nickname, Action Jackson and, of course, Superman Cam Newton. From take your pick to taking your calls, hit us up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Gambling talk is next. There's a lot to gamble on this weekend. You want, do you want to ask our expert, Joe Fortenbaugh, 888-ESPN, or tweet in a question, key J and Z. And on the way, one thing we'll ask, Joe, why you might want to wait this weekend one minute before kickoff if you're betting on any college football game. Mm. Joe will explain on the way. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us 
negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Jay's favorite guests. They both love the proclivity for throwing a couple shekels down. You can see him on Daily Wager tonight, <laughs> 6 Eastern, ESPN2. Joe, I want to start with college football. We'll get into all the Masters batting in a second. I'm watching Stanford, Oregon last Saturday night on ABC. Big game, Pac-12, first day. And right before the game, there's a note that comes down that says Davis Mills, who is Stanford's starting quarterback, NFL prospect, is out due to COVID-19 protocol at Stanford. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa. If you bet Stanford and you just found this information out, I'd be pretty angry. So how is the gambling community dealing with the fact that guys are just being ruled out indiscriminately all the time, early, late? How do you bet? Well, I I did bet Stanford, Zubin, so thank you for ripping that scab off so early in the morning. (laughs) You're welcome. It feels delightful to revisit that one not even a week uh, later. This is... All jokes aside, this is just how it's going to be this season, especially in college football. I think what you have from a lot of guys is a little bit more caution than usual. The best in the business, the professionals, they're generally lining up to bet the opening numbers that come out. So if the first college football numbers of the week come out on Sunday, you know, six days before, they might line up at the window where they're online. They've got their power rankings. They know what they think the numbers should be for each of these games. And when the numbers come out, they will go ahead and exploit what they feel to be inefficiencies in the market. And then as the week goes on, if there are any movements that play into what they like, they'll make more moves. But to bet this early in the week and then to find out COVID could shut down half an offense or a special teams or a team in general, it's given people some pause. So I think guys are still attacking it like normal. They're just a little bit more cautious. And at the same time, maybe they've lowered the betting limits just a little bit because of the situation like Stanford. I was looking forward to that game all week. And then you find out a couple hours before game time that not only is Mills out, but his top wide receivers out as well. It, it takes away from some of the fun of it, to be honest with you completely. I, I went from splitting that game on one TV with Clemson Notre Dame on the other to just a full on watch of Clemson Notre Dame. Stanford was unwatchable last week. All right, Joe, I know people bet a ton on college football and NFL, but let's get to some of the juicy stuff with the Masters coming up. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, he, he's kind of a favorite. Are, are you taking him on a short price of plus 750, or are you fading him? I am not. I'm not going to be fading him because he has, he does have the potential with that length off the tee to go low all four days out there. But at that price, they're asking me to buy a Lamborghini, and at 59th in strokes gained putting – I don't really feel like I'm getting a Lamborghini in return. Now, Bryson, this is to be expected, and we've seen this before in golf. We've seen it with Tiger Woods, right? The bookmakers know you're coming. This guy is an extraordinarily popular golfer, long off the tee. He's talked about how Augusta should be a par what? 67 this week? That's insane. So a lot of people want to bet him. The bookmakers know this. It's similar to the hotels here in Vegas knowing that you're coming out for New Year's Eve. They can jack those rates on you because they know you're coming. 
just like the bookmakers can do it to you when it comes to Bryson DeChambeau and Tiger Woods in the past, which, by the way, Tiger at 35-1 to in some spots, way too low considering the fact that he's only played six rounds since February. We'll get into that down the road. But I would say I'm staying away personally. I think the field is stacked. I think the public's all over him. I don't see any value there, but I wouldn't fade him because we do know he has the potential. Joe, how do you factor in the weather? I mean, obviously there's rain today. They've suspended play for the time but I mean obviously that can affect drives that can affect what kind of shots what your approach is how the ball sticks on some of these greens they won't be as fast how do you factor all that in First thing you look at are the guys that are teeing off early versus the guys that are teeing off late then you look to tomorrow cuz generally that flips around and the first thing you'll ask yourself is what's the weather look like on Friday there are days this especially comes into play at the Open Championship the year Louis we stays in one he went out there and he got the best draw because I think it was he played in the afternoon when there was no wind on day one and then he got the morning the next day with no wind and it was like the absolute lottery ticket for him to go low and grab a huge lead over the field. It plays more there with the wind than it does here. In the rain, these guys will have to adjust. Bryson might not get as much run on his drives. I think it might hurt some of the guys off the tee who are shorter, like Zach Johnson, Webb Simpson, for example, because they're not big hitters from the tee to begin with, so if they're not getting any run, they're going to really have to stick that iron play from a bigger disadvantage than against guys like Dustin Johnson and Bryson, for example. We have four or five minutes left here with Joe Fordenbaugh. I'd love to get your thoughts. You want to make a play this weekend, a parlay, anything, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll also mine our Twitter feed at KeyJNZ. So let us know what you want to ask our gambling expert. We'll do it. Just quick educationally, you and Jay were talking about something. I'd like to have the listener, somebody like myself that's like a casual gambling guy, doesn't know as much. You mentioned the term fading. I just think haircut. <laughs> when you're talking about fading, what is fading? Bet against. Bet against. So right now, I'm running cold when it comes to Maction. I got a little hot last night. That's neither here nor there. But I was running cold in week one for Maction. You would want to fade my Maction picks because I'm so cold, you would want to bet against me. So if you are betting against a team, you are fading them. Also, though, also applicable for a haircut. Very good, Zubin. <laughs> Nothing like walking up to the crap table, Joe, and somebody just putting down money on the don't pass line after you've hit three times. And you look at them like, really? Really? That guy, okay, so that, that's a great point because when that guy does that and we see it on every craps table, he's very quiet. He won't roll the dice because you're not supposed to roll the dice if you're going to be betting that way. But it just gives you, and you kind of make eye contact with your fav, uh, fellow craps players, it's just like we want to run this guy off the table. I don't even care if I make that much. Whoever's got the dice, get hot right now. Shout out Joe Tussator. I know that's his hashtag. Get hot. Let's run this guy out of here for betting against us. All right, Joe, take me through some of your NFL picks. What do you got? All right, so we're looking at a few things. Let me throw a few more Masters plays at you before we get to that, okay. just so we have them out there. Bubba Watson to make the top 20 mm. is a yes for me. That's even money. Bubba's won the event twice. He was 12th last year. He was fifth two years ago in this event. The course fits his eye better than any course he plays at, and he's on record saying he prefers playing in front of no fans. Could be a huge advantage. Bubba in the top 20, yes. I've also got Justin Thomas, yes, in the top 10 at plus 120. Thomas has gotten better Every single time he's come to the Masters, his score has dropped in each of the four trips he's made here. He is a great second shot maker, and that's what you need to be able to do at Augusta. His creativity, his versatility, his ability to shape shots, you want to keep that in mind. That's something he's great at. And then for round one, I'm playing Jason Day, minus 120, over Tiger Woods. They haven't teed off yet, so you can still get that one in. Day is in good form. I think he was seventh in Houston last week. He's played well here in the past. Woods has only played six events since February. He didn't finish better than 37th in any of them. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open. I would go ahead 
and play against Tiger Woods. Now to the NFL very quickly to make sure you get these. Uh, tonight I would play Indianapolis. They opened as a two, two-and-a-half-point underdog. It's down to a pick em. Some of them have them as a favorite in some spots. A lot of injuries you have to account for on the Tennessee side of the equation. When it comes to the Colts, people think Phillip Rivers, he hasn't been that great this season. He puts them in some bad spots. He does that against bad, or I should say good defenses. Baltimore and Chicago, two of the best defenses he's faced this year. Those are two of his worst games. But everybody else who has a softer defense, he's played very well against. And that's what Tennessee brings to the table. It's not an elite defense. And then at the same time, Indy brings one of the better defenses in the NFL to this game, especially against the run. I know they haven't played a lot of great teams yet, but they should be able to limit the damage Derrick Henry's going to inflict on them. I like the 49ers this week, plus all the points against the Saints. People will think I'm crazy. That's exactly how you want to be thinking. The entire world saw them get run out of the building on Thursday night against the Packers. Good. They've had extra prep time for this game. Some guys are coming back healthy. The Saints just had that huge marquee win over Tampa Bay. Everyone's going to want to bet them. That's where I go the other way, and I play a team like the Niners I'd also be looking at the Chargers too everyone's going to be in love with Miami after they beat Arizona well if that's the case as a three-point favorite against the loser Chargers who always find a way to blow the game (laughs) why is that line moving from three to two and a half that's one of the stinkiest lines of the week to be honest with you I would go ahead and play the Chargers in that spot I'd also be looking casually to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a big bounce back against Carolina and we should just quickly mention right now at Caesars William Hill at the moment the Steelers are off the board with the Bengals because of the whole situation surrounding Ben Roethlisberger. We'll keep an eye on that the rest of the way. You can watch, keep your eyes on Joe Fortenbaugh and the gang. Daily Wager, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 and Game Day Radio Saturday afternoons. Joe, thanks. We'll see you next week. Take a sip of water, Joe. Guys, you got it. I'm going to be with Freddie and uh, Fitzsimmons tonight. I'm co-hosting with Freddie. Coleman, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. They told me I had to get it in, so you had no say in the matter. I was just waiting for the spot to slide in the promotion there. A little, uh, little self-aggrandizing on the way out the door. Hey, it's 2020. It's all about branding. Great to <laughs> hear from you and we'll listen to you tonight. On the way, Adam Schefter, the NFL's best insider, with an injury update on someone who hasn't played in the league in 16 years. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Phillip Rivers will be center stage tonight. Week 10 of the NFL season begins with an AFC South clash. The first place Tennessee Titans and the second place Indianapolis Colts. We'll have the NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter, with us here in just moments. 
But guys, there's been so much to talk about. We barely scratched the surface. Oh, by the way, the NFL is back tonight. (laughs) Quick thoughts on tonight's Thursday night tilt between these two division rivals. I love the divisional games because it's so much familiarity amongst each other. Two physical teams, both got aspirations. One team is going to have the leg up on the division. The other is going to have the leg up maybe on a wild card. And when you get into the wild card, that's tough because you can get bounced out by another good team. It's so much competition and parity in this league right now. Every team has flaws. Every team has has warts. Shefty, tell us what it says. All right, Adam Schefter joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Again, that game will be in Nashville tonight, 8.20 p.m. Eastern. Adam, we got to start with a very serious question right out of the gate. Keyshawn Johnson right now is on the KJNZ injured list retroactive to two days ago. It might be an ACL as serious as that. It could just be turf toe. We're not really sure, but this is a second straight day. We haven't heard from him. What's the latest that you're hearing from your sources around the NFL on this big injury news? Yeah. Zubin, it's not good. The word I'm getting is very negative. There's a bad vibe going around Keyshawn. I know that he wants the ball thrown to him. I know he wants the mic at all times. But the fact of the matter is uh, it's looking bleak right now. He looks like he's going to be out today. It looks like he's going to be out for a while. And Keyshawn may be done for a while. Shefty, I got to say, we're going to miss him on the field. But I feel like our locker room has has better chemistry. (laughs) Well, that's understandable. I think most teams without Key have better chemistry than the ones that do have him, Jay. So hopefully, after that morbid assessment, Key is not at the end of the line, but it might be for Philip Rivers. You're the best. Thank you for going along with that. You're the man. If you're watching on TV, straight face the entire way. My ear, guys. (laughs) I can't hear you. I'm sorry about that. I got. I got conflicting shows my IFB if somebody can get that corrected. No problem. We'll try to get back to Adam here in just one second. All right, we'll get back to Adam in one second when they clear that up. Adam, hang tight. We'll get back to you to talk about Phillip Rivers. That's a shot. Fire. (laughs) Shot. Fire. Look, man, you know, I I, I get one of my molars taken out. I got like 11 stitches in my mouth because I had to get other molars that I I had an infection with, and Key was jabbing me every single day. So, you know, it's good that we got Shefty. We got some other people playing into the whole whole spill. And I'm just stuck in the middle. I'm like Shemp, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm like that cousin, that feeling. I just got to play my role. I'm in the middle. Can I ask you a question about the Colts, though, since we're waiting for Adam Schefter to come back? You know, so everybody keeps talking about the struggles with Phillip Rivers, and obviously versus good defenses, their offense is somewhat stagnant, right? Yeah. But is this Colts defense that great of a defense? It is. Because they lost against the Jags. They beat the Vikings. The Vikings weren't great early. Jets, Bears, and their offense is inept. Right? The Browns, they took a loss. Bengals, Lions, like Ravens, they took a loss. They haven't really beaten a good team. They've beaten marginal teams. Yeah, but the thing is, this thing goes back a couple seasons. And adding to Forrest Buckner, somebody that can give you interior pass rush, set the edge from the inside. Darius Leonard is one of the best in the game. They're solid. They're hard-nosed. Okay. They're well-coached, man. And they, they've been flying under the radar for a while. Okay. Adam is back with us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Adam, let's keep it on that Colts tip. One-year, $25 million deal for Phillip Rivers. Halfway through it. What is the importance of tonight's game with regards to the immediate and perhaps long-term future of Phil Rivers in this league? I think so far he's been good, but they need him to be better. And if they're going to make a playoff push, the type of push that this team is good enough to make, they need Phillip Rivers to play better than he has. He's been okay so far. He's been decent, but I think they need him to take the next step in that process. And it takes a little while here. Look, he's coming to a new team working with new teammates in a season where there's no off-season program. There are virtual meetings, but that's not the same as being on the field with them. 
And so you can understand it would take a little bit of time for him to get up to speed. But now that we're halfway through, they need him to be better than he's been in the first half of the season. You know, you talk about his lack of mobility. That's always been something that's been Phillip Rivers. And you talk about the awkward arm angles. But now we see that it looks like he doesn't have the ability to push the ball down the field. And that's maybe why T.Y. Hilton numbers are down because he's a guy that can stretch the field. Can Phillip Rivers still get it to him? He hasn't so far, Bart, right? Like, we haven't seen that at all. T.Y. Hilton, whether that's Phillip Rivers' fault or T.Y. Hilton's fault, that has not been a dynamic combination all year long. Now, T.Y. Hilton's going to be back tonight. He's going to play in this game. He missed the last game with a groin injury. But those two need to generate more magic. It's consistent with what I'm saying to you about Phillip Rivers, where he needs to be better. They both need to be better. This is a team that, again, I think has a lot of talent in a lot of places, has played very well. You wouldn't know it, you wouldn't think it, but the Colts are the number one defense right now, and they need the offense to rise up a little bit to get on level with that defense. And if that means Phillip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton connecting on some of those long passes, if that's possible, if they're capable of doing that, they need that starting tonight in Tennessee against the Titans defense that has been ripe to be beaten against the pass. Shefty, what was the reaction from the Eagles to Brett Favre's comments about the Eagles sticking with (laughs) Nick Foles? What are you hearing internally? You know, listen, Doug Peterson knows Brett Favre very well, but they don't control what Brett Favre says, and everybody's entitled to their own opinion. That's what he said. There's nothing the Eagles can do about that, right? It's not their job to control what he says. They can stand behind their guy, and they'll continue to stand behind their guy. It doesn't really matter what Brett Favre says about Doug Peterson believes in Carson Wentz. Howie Roseman, the general manager, believes in Carson Wentz. That's their guy. They made the decision. Nothing the Eagles can do about that. Carson Wentz has gotten better, but like Phillip Rivers, he needs to be even better the second half. And I think, again, he's got the chance to do that. Adam, thank you very much. Week 10 of the NFL season starts tonight with a division clash in Nashville. I know you'll be watching. We will as well. Good luck to your Wolverines, Shafty. They need it. Appreciate it. Good luck. They need it, buddy. They got Wisconsin on Saturday night football. That'll be Wisconsin's second game of the season. A reminder, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, why the Ravens would be better off with someone other than Lamar. That conversation is on the way in just a little bit. But I was surprised to hear him say, Colts, number one defense in the NFL. I, yeah. I would be shocked. I don't know how many guesses I would need to get that, no. Bart. You're a defensive stud. Well, well no, I got, it, I got it first. You know, I mean, I, they've been playing elite. And, you know, Justin Houston coming over last year gives them outside pass rush. DeForest Buckner, they gave up a first-round draft pick so that they can go out and get one of the most dominant interior linemen that had a career year with San Francisco. San Francisco needed to, to address some other guys. They let him go, and I think both teams won because of it. Yeah. See, Zubin, that's why I asked the football expert. That's right. Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, has made a ton of great moves, yeah. but maybe the one at the most important position, $25 million for Phil Rivers. We'll see. On the way, speaking of the QB position, would the Ravens be better off with someone other than Lamar at MVP? And wait till you see who's being thrown out as an alternative. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.